Blog Talk Radio. Okay, this is a recording for Tony Donahue, a Tony D podcast for the segment of January 29th, 2022. Hey, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you, sir? Good, man, good, thanks. Good, so what we'll do is I'll just count down to one, three, two, one, and we'll just dive into it. And I'll uh, clip it all out back on the back end. So, are you ready? Yep, I'm all good. All right, three, two, one, and welcome back to the balance. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. Another Saturday morning as we get ready to see who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, I appreciate you joining us uh, to tape our segment today. I know you're headed up to uh, Chicago for some uh, hockey action out there. But I know last week we talked, you were in headed to Green Bay and went to Green Bay. What a disappointing loss for the Green Bay Packers to the 49ers. Now the 49ers take on the uh, uh, Rams. Real quickly, what was the experience like there? I know it was kind of cold, but what a disappointing loss it was for Green Bay. Yeah, the game itself was actually rather entertaining, despite the fact that it was 13-10 to 10 when the Niners kind of made their run and they got that block punt that was right in front of us. The ball, like, for lack of a better term, goes straight up the elevator shaft, and nobody really knew where it was, and then a couple bounces and a scoop and score. So um, it was a little bit cold, but the atmosphere was great. Uh, Lambo's one of a kind. Um, you know, I mean, I don't mind the Packers. It, I, I saw a good game. It's kind of really how I was going for. It stayed pretty warm for the most part, and uh, mm-hmm. definitely drank a few cold ones. But, uh, yeah, disappointing loss for the Packers, and now all the questions about where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, and a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of Colts fans would love to see him in a Colts jersey, um, you know, then, the, then he drew the comparisons, kind of the Peyton Manning, you know, a guy who was with the franchise for so long and always fizzled out in the playoffs despite one Super Bowl ring. So we'll see if he goes that Peyton Manning route and goes to, Bronx, to the Broncos, which has also been rumored as they just hired the Packers' offensive coordinator. Uh, does he stay in Green Bay? Does he retire? There's still a lot of things left to be said, but uh, we should see some uh, two really good games tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, absolutely, and I tell you what, what a game that was. Talking about the other game last week uh, with with the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So really excited to see uh, what happens with the Colts. Uh, I kind of have my reservations about Aaron Rodgers being a Colt. I mean, let's, let's face it, by all intents and uh, purposes, we're a scrappy startup team rebuilding. Again, here with the Colts, we saw uh, the Colts uh, no longer have Matt Eberflus going to the Bears, fired their defensive line coach. you got to look at the offense. There's a lot of things that's got to – got to happen but we'll we'll get into that as we get deeper in uh to the off season well let's get into our nba talk tony donahue of the tony d podcast our, our official uh nba contributor joins us today via tape uh as 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 we were able to catch up with him on friday afternoon uh and and so this is what we call in the business tape delay let's talk a little bit about Pacers and the Pacers and the Hornets. I mean, what a freaking embarrassment that was, uh, where they just collapsed. Uh, what what do we know as far as the Charlotte Hornets? They, they put up 158 points, a record game for the Charlotte Hornets, and it just a total destruction of the Indiana Pacers, and certainly a lot of well-deserved criticism coming their way. We'll talk about the trade here in a second. But what uh, what happened there uh, with the collapse of the Pacers against the Hornets at home? Well, let a uh, 
a, a decent NBA player become an all-star and Kelly Oubre scoring 39 points. They just couldn't defend anything. And, you know, a lot of the things that the Pacers this year has been the excuse of injuries and they haven't had all their guys on the floor with Miles being hurt or Sabonis being hurt. Brogdon's always hurt. Warner has obviously, or TJ Warren has obviously missed the entire season. Um, but to give up 158, the most points in franchise history that you've given up and the most points Carl Hornets have ever scored, um, that, that's a good way to tank. But what I don't understand is you finish your Western road swing winning two out of your last three games at the Lakers. And, um, you know, yeah, you lost to Phoenix on Sunday, but you but you won at the Lakers and at Golden State on back-to-back nights with a bunch of guys that literally, as we talked about, are, are, are paying for their rent and paying for their child support because they don't know if they're going to be in the NBA next year. So I don't know what to think about the Pacers. Look, you, you're projected right now to be a top-five pick. You may as well go in that direction. If you can trade Miles or Sabonis at the deadline, you do it. I don't want to see Sabonis go because he's an all-star year in and year out. Probably has three or four more good years left, but you've got to get some pieces back, some young core, maybe even some draft picks. But giving up 158 there tonight is, is an absolute embarrassment. Um, and, and, it, and it really kind of told the fan base at home that, like, look, hey, we're this, this, is, this is the direction we're going. We're – we're absolute dog crap. We're going to keep it that way, and, and hopefully we get lucky in the lottery and get a top top one or top five pick. Well, you look at Miles Turner. He's just now coming back off of an injury. It looks like he's got a, a good report with the foot, so we'll see what he can do when he comes back. But there's not much time left to make that decision for a player like Miles Turner. Uh, and, and, you know, I also heard that the, the Pacers are seeking at least two first rounds for uh, LeVert, and, you know, he averages about 18.2 points a, a, a game with three and a half rebounds or so. That's certainly another staple. We ta- have talked about on this show about the Pacers just – you know, totally gutting it, if you will, and, and just starting over from scratch. So those are two components to look at in the trade. In the trade, and you, and you looked at Sabonis. Those are three big players that you would think that we would be able to have uh, some good opportunities in the draft. Do you think all or just one of those three are going to be a part of a package, possibly with the Celtics uh, as well? Well, I mean, I think the before even those players that you mentioned is the fact that they – they re-signed Malcolm Brogdon and he can't be traded for a year. That kind of really puts them in a bad position. He's a guy that, you know, you, you got to take a risk on free agents and trades. So hopefully somebody who is a decent player can come to Indiana and grow. We saw it with Victor Oladipo a little bit. We saw it with Paul George. The latest have been Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert. They both have shown that they can be a guy in the NBA that can be an all-star, but they've also shown that they're injured prone and they're – not superstar ready. I think Karis LeVert is the guy you should keep. Um, I would love to keep the bonus. I think Miles has to be traded first, see what you can get back from that. Um, I would I would be up for some sort of trade, if possible, the 76ers. I know that people look at Ben Simmons as a headache, but, I mean, that's a guy that is still a playmaker. I mean, the dude misses one layup, and it kind of defined his career, but he's a great defender and a great facilitator. If you can get him and a guy like Matisse Steibel, who's a 3 and D player, out of the University of Washington in his third year that can maybe develop and, and be your knockdown three-point shooter, which they kind of missed this year so far with Doug McDermott leaving for the Spurs, um, I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, Miles is a rim protector, but how many of those blocks that he has leads to the ball hitting the ground and bouncing right back into the opponent's hands and getting a layup? So um, you got to look at plus-minus and not just much his, his, um, his block shots. I mean, he'll get in the game and, and, and score four points, and that's it, only get – two or three rebounds, he's too inconsistent, and he's given up 20, 20 rebounds a night to guys like 
um, Joel Embiid, who I think put up 20 on him one night, and uh, there's just the big guys that just eat his lunch. So I think Miles has to be uh, number one on the trade on the trade list to get him out of town. So we're coming up on the all-star break. This is certainly the one time where a lot of teams step back and take a break and evaluate. If you're the Pacers uh, this year, you're coming up on the all-star break. What are you doing during the all-star break outside of maybe going to the beach? I mean, really, what are the Pacers doing in the all-star break to, to do anything better on the other side of it? I mean, you just hope that it's a chance that these guys can reset and maybe get a little bit healthier than what they are. You know, Warren's been playing some one-on-one. He's the guy who came on strong in the bubble a year and a half ago and played really good basketball. Um, you know, just get healthy and rest up. I think the bonus will probably uh, be an all-star. If not, he'll certainly be there to um, defend his skills competition championship from last year. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a difficult year for the Pacers, and, and you know, I, I can be cool with tanking and, and losing games and, and, and having 11 guys out there. And, you know, you got to watch Goga Patakse and Dwayne Washington and guys that shouldn't even be in the league. But what I struggle with is, is the owner coming out two months ago and saying that he likes this little team. Just kind of shows you, just like his malls, that, you know, things are just kind of going south, uh, which is unfortunate. But, but hopefully they can get the things reset. And, and I would like to hear from Rick Carlisle. You know, how does he feel? He comes mm-hmm. here um, after a long set in Dallas. He won a championship. He was coaching a superstar in Luka Doncic, which obviously there was not a good relationship there because you're not going to leave because of Luka. I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime player to coach, um, in my opinion, maybe not in others. But um, we'll see how long they want to keep him for. You're paying another coaching staff and Nate Bjorgren, who uh, obviously was only here for one year. You thought you were going to get that offensive guru coming down from Toronto, and that was that was obviously uh, a big mistake. So um, they made some mistakes. But I will give Kevin Pritchard a little bit of credit. Um, what he deserves is he's been able to make trades. He's been able to make trades in dire situations and, 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 and kind of, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken scratch. So if he can do that again and maybe get some moves and get some pieces and get some players back or some, some, some major draft picks, I think, I think that'll, uh, that'll cement that he's doing a decent job. But, um, you know, the Pacers, it's not a market that players want to go to. So you have to take risks on players that have an injured background or players that are young that haven't made that – next move in the right direction. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but that's the risk that a franchise in a landlocked state that really doesn't have much besides cheap living. Um, I love Indianapolis, but you know, if you're from Miami or you got a chance to go make money in, in LA or Phoenix, you're probably going to do that over Indiana. So um, it just, it kind of is what it is and it comes to the territory. Yeah, that's very, very true. You know, we're talking about Kevin Pritchard. I, I think we're pretty much safe in saying he's not on the hot seat at the moment. Is that correct? Uh, I wouldn't say no. Um, I mean, you know, they like him there. He's done some good things, and he's probably got another year or two left, but um, it's also a market of, like, who do you go get? Who can you trust? The Pacers are a very loyal franchise. Um, they hang on to coaches and, and, and GMs and guys a little bit too long to be good. So um, we'll see what they have to do, but I think they'll be there for at least the next two seasons. We're talking to Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, appreciate you joining us on a Friday afternoon so we can get your segment in on Saturday and doing this tape uh, uh, delay with us. I really do uh, appreciate it. As we stand now on a Friday afternoon, let's talk a little bit about uh, the power rankings. And the Cavaliers are certainly doing that part, their part in moving up. 
And, but there again, we're seeing the Wizards, you know, move down. I think they moved down like nine spaces, and the Cavaliers moved up four spaces. And the Cavaliers just keep on rolling. I think they're up to number two in the power rankings, just behind the, the Phoenix Sun. Is there a silver bullet? Is there something in the water there uh, with the Cavaliers? Because we know it ain't LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the Cavs, and there's there's a there's a good group of teams that, um, you know, are young and up and coming. The Grizzlies are in that mix. The Cavaliers are in that mix. I would say the Hornets are in that mix as well. Um, they've just been playing well. They've they've had some injuries, but but there just doesn't seem like to be a lot of egos on that team. And and you're, and you're kind of led by a guy in Kevin Love who's on the back end of his career. And sometimes when you have that player in your locker room where you know it's coming to an end, yet you still want to play hard for him, he still brings out the best in you. Uh, I think that's kind of Kevin Love being uh, Kevin Love. I mean, he's, he's always been a good player. You've never heard anything bad about him um, in the locker room or causing controversy or being a guy that people don't want to play with. Um, obviously, he got his ring with playing, um, you know, with LeBron James coming there, and, and, and he's still been there, but um, you know, the Cavaliers are a good team that, that can make some noise in the playoffs. Do I think they're a championship-caliber team? No, but am I awfully impressed by their 30-19 and 19 record? Um, absolutely, and, and, and they've got a lot of good pieces. As I mentioned, you know, Laurie Marketing comes over from the Bulls. He's played really well for them. Um, you get Jared Allen in that trade. He's a rebounding machine. Mobley and Garland. Mobley is a great pickup. Um, Kevin Love off the bench, so... Uh, they've got a lot of guys that have a lot to prove, and, and, and I like I like to see it so far. Talk about the uh, Warriors getting an embarrassing loss to the Pacers. Uh, you're talking about a depleted Pacers team. Steph Curry uh, saved the Warriors from a similar embarrassment the, the next night. Uh, but we, we t- I've talked about Steph Curry and certainly what a beast he is. And we have been talking for the longest time about the Warriors being in that championship mix. That talk has kind of calmed down. Do you think that that loss to the Pacers was as much of an impact to momentum as it was to ego? I mean, do you, I mean, because to be honest, we I haven't been hearing a lot of talk in the national media about Steph Curry and the Warriors uh, getting a national championship here recently over the last few days. Well, I watched the Warriors last night, and you know when Draymond Green gets healthy, he just brings a different dynamic that you don't see. Andrew Wiggins is an All-Star starter; he's kind of resurrected his career. Um, and then you've got Clay Thompson, finally healthy, kind of getting his feet underneath him. I think he was five of nine from the three-point line last night. Uh, and Steph's the greatest shooter in the league, maybe the greatest shooter of all time. So I think it's a team that can certainly push it. Um, they've got some big guys in Looney and James Wiseman who give you good minutes to get rebound for you. Jordan Poole's been scoring 12 points a night. He's really stepped up as well. So um, maybe they're a piece away that we'll see what kind of movement they have at the deadline. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's Warriors, Jazz, and Suns right now in the West. Uh, we'll see what moves the Lakers make, or maybe they can swap some people out. But uh, right now I don't think the Lakers are really all that close. LeBron's been banged up. Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook seems to be a thorn in everybody's side uh, inside of that locker room. So, I like uh, a lot, a great deal, what I've seen so far out of the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, we talk about the Pacers. That, you know, uh, misery loves company, if you will. We talk about the Orlando ma- Magic again, right down there at the bottom as well. As we could say, it, it could be worse. It could be the Orlando ma- Magic. Orlando's got to do something in the in the – in the draft, obviously, and in something in, in the uh, before the trade deadline, 
uh, I mean, are they one? Are they one to say, hey, uh, we're just going to clean house with with the Orlando Magic? You would think that they're to the point where they're just going <laughs> to gut it all and start all over. But you kind of got teams like the War or the the Magic, the Pacers. You can go there. The Thunder, the Pelicans are all going to be in the mix to see who gets uh, a better draft pick in that top five or in the lottery. Um, the Magic have some good pieces. You know, go, or, they've got a couple guys that have been playing really well, uh, but but they kind of shipped everybody off last year. So the Magic are about two or three years away. Um, same with the Thunder, who obviously are recovering from losing their big stars. The Rockets are still uh, recovering from losing James Harden. Um, so you got some teams like that that are in a rebuild mode. Well, we'll certainly uh, see what happens. Talk with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, appreciate you joining us on a on a Friday afternoon. A couple uh, things I just wanted to talk with you about. First of all, are you going to have your eyes on the Rolex Twenty Four this uh, this weekend? Yeah, it should be some fun racing. Um, the weather down there hasn't really cooperated. It's been raining, and I think we even saw some snow down in Florida uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. It was cool. Robert Wickens get out there in the Pirelli Challenge race. Um, it's the first time we've seen him in a race car since the injuries that he suffered back in 2017 at Pocono. Um, should be a good race. You got a lot of you got a lot of IndyCar feel. Um, a lot of drivers that that, that used to run IndyCar. So um, there's a lot to watch. I mean, I only got to watch all 24 hours, but I'll certainly watch the first hour, last hour. You know, that's kind of how I am. Every every year I say, I've got some good intent. I'll give it the old college try. And then the old man kicks in about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then, of course, i got to get up in the morning to do the show. But, uh, you know, it's always fun to watch uh, the Rolex uh, 24 as well. Let's talk about put our homework cap back on here real quickly. As we go into the championship weekend, we saw last uh, – we saw just a, a total demise of the Colts. So they're they're done. Stick a fork at them, they're done. Like you said, you had, weren't a big fan of Wentz. He, he wasn't able to get it done at the end. We saw Everflus leave on his own, but probably the writing was on the wall. Like you said, he probably should have been fired after Jacksonville anyway. And certainly he was one of the finalists for Jacksonville. Took the job uh, with the Bears. They fired the defensive line coach. So you, you would think by reading the, to the tea, line, well, tea leaves, they're looking to make some big drastic uh, defense changes, which – is good, but is that where they need to stop at? Should they also be making some uh, major adjustments on the offensive line? I'm not necessarily saying fire Frank Reich. I haven't got on that train yet. But we do have to figure out something to do with Carson Wentz. And I don't know what that something is at this point, uh, but, uh, I mean, certain, they, they've made some strides over there on uh, West 56th Street this week, but I don't think it's anywhere close to enough. You know, the Colts, just, they've got a lot to work on. You've got to get some offensive line help. You've got to get some wide receivers. you got to, first and foremost, figure out if Carson Wentz is your guy. And it, it may not be a decision of whether Carson Wentz is your guy. It may be a decision of, okay, who else is there out there that's better? I mean, you start looking at backups. I mean, it was Mitch Trubisky, Nick Poles. I mean, these guys aren't guys that you're going to bring in. I don't think over Carson Wentz. Do you roll the dice on Deshaun Watson? I don't think the Colts are a franchise that's going to be willing to do that. Um, so we'll see. But there's just so many. There's more questions in this off season than answers, and you're kind of left picking up the pieces after losing to Jacksonville. Yeah, Eberflus is gone. I mean, good luck in Chicago. Um, that's a defensive city, so maybe he'll be able to thrive there. 
as a defensive coordinator uh, to becoming a head coach. But uh, there's just so much that the Colts got to do. There's only there's literally only like one or two spots that you can say that you are firm with, and that's probably Kenny Moore and Jonathan Taylor. So a lot for the Colts to work through over the offseason. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. I know you're headed up to Chicago. I appreciate you taking some time on a Friday afternoon to talk with us. What are you guys working on over there at the Tony uh, D Podcast? Yep, just check us out on Twitter, and uh, we'll have some big racing news coming up next week. Thanks, Tony. You have yourself a, a good week. Where can people find your work and, and masterpieces, sir? At Tony D and D on Twitter. We'll see you, Tom. All right. Thank you, Tony. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us today uh, to talk about the NBA, what's going on with the NBA, the trade, the Pacers, uh, and certainly as we come up to the All-Star break, and, you know, a little homer card with us, uh, with the, the Colts. I know he's headed up to uh, Chicago as, as well. Uh, the, thanks uh, for joining us. This was a tape delay uh, portion, so we're going to get back to the live segment here in a minute. Standing by Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, our official, uh, NSO.com and our official uh, NFL contributor joins us to break down. Well, we're going to find out this weekend who's in the Super Bowl. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> 